This episode of the Check Out This Record podcast is brought to you by GuitarExclusive.com. Visit now for buying guides, reviews, and more. GuitarExclusive.com. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rock, Rock, Rock and Roll Podcast. Check out this record. This is a show where we educate you out there on bands you should give a listen to, and in response, get called hipsters in the process. And if you're watching the video, you can see that we are clearly not. My name is Frank, and with me is the rowdy one himself, Mark. Oh, yeah, Frank. Uh, we're as hip as a pair of jeans after Labor Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You can always find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, and YouTube. Uh, but when you ask, does this great podcast drop? Great question. Thank you for asking. New episodes drop each and every, uh, say, Friday-ish. There you go. And if you're hearing us for the first time, welcome. welcome. Review records. We rip the shit out of crap bands. We also have lots of musical discussions. And uh, don't worry, uh, we will never tell you what is best. We will just tell you what our favorites are. Uh, we do spotlight series on bands and even look at some mysteries in the rock world. Okay, so uh, you're definitely going to want to check out our Versus series where Frank and I will duke it out on behalf of uh, a band or an album for a little thing that we like to call Total Stereo. Double nice. Nice. I like that Thank one. you. Yeah, so awesome. <laughs> While you're checking stuff out, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, hopefully these episodes will leave you wanting more of our musical goodness. And if you have a record you want us to check out, just drop us a comment wherever you find us. So, Mark, you pop mm -hmm. open the can of your soda or sparkling water and out comes Crocodile, the debut oh. record from Echo and the Bunnymen. Now, mm -hmm. some of that soda spills a little, but as you taste it, it takes you back to a sound of new wave and post-punk of the 80s. Bands like mm -hmm. Cure, Joy Division, New Order, maybe some psychedelic furs come to the palate. But, but this is a little different, right? Your initial reaction and perhaps uh, your go-to thoughts of bands from this era all sounding like Cure. Yeah, uh, you know, so let's pop that can of pop, right? Uh, you know, I, I had essentially skipped most of those bands uh, including echo and the bunnyman because i i assumed that they all sounded a lot like what i assume the cure sounds like and i just don't really care uh, and while that was kind of obviously a broad generaliz broad generalization of the time frame as we get into the thick of the 80s, sonically, you can hear a lot of similarities between all of those bands. But when it comes to this album, right on the cusp of the 80s, it still had a great deal of 70s-inspired underground rock that hadn't fully taken shape uh, that most of us associate with the rest of those bands, right? Uh, so it was really cool to kind of start here with Echo and the Bunnymen uh, and uh, dismantle some of my preconceived notions uh, about this subgenre, maybe as a whole. Absolutely, man. So who is Echo and the Bunnymen? Well, I let's go ahead. Yeah. Well, singer Ian McCullough 
in Liverpool, England in 1977 was in a band called Crucial Three that lasted a whole six weeks. Now, McCall then then formed another short-lived group called A Shadow Madness with drummer Dave Pickett and organist Paul Simpson and guitarist Julian Cope. I did say. (laughs) Now, Cope would fire, actually, McCullough from the band, and they would change their name to the Teardrop Express, right? We were actually quite they have a name for themselves too if you if you check them out now mccullough would then join forces with guitarist will surgent and bass player les pattinson and thus echo and the bunnymen were formed the name was from surgent making these ridiculous band names and even though they thought that echo and the bunnymen was stupid they just rolled with it uh mark we had a few band names back in the day if you had mm-hmm. to rank them what would that look like uh, 33 by destroyers. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think MFC was, uh, my favorite cause it, it, it was just us and we wanted to, to smash stuff. Right. And yeah. the 33 was cool. Cause it, it sounded like a muscle car and a record player. True. Uh, Ed and spaghetti was a joke Ooh. name that I'll just never live down. Love uh, it. and failure by design. You guys kind of had already when I joined the band, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It wasn't something I'd have picked for myself. So I think I've avoided answering that question, but kind of answered it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're moving right along. The band uh, early on would use a drum machine. And in 78, mm. the band opened for Ian's former bandmates, the Teardrop Express. Oh. Uh, the band's debut single, Pictures on My Wall, would be released, and also the tune Reddit in Books, also recorded, though, by Teardrop Express six months later. Now, McCullough would deny that Julian Cope had a hand in writing the song. Now, as the band was gaining attention, uh, they would record the debut album. This album we're talking about, Crocodiles, released July of 1980. Uh, by then, that old drum machine was replaced by... <laughs> right by Trinidadian born Pete De Fritis. Now, Pete was a welcome addition to the band because he actually came from an affluent background, attending private schools uh, where the other members came from working, a working class background. So they they really liked how it, it was a meshing of, of different uh, perspectives. Uh, the cover of this album, Mark, shows the band in a gothic woodland uh, with the members in despair and confusion. Uh, so, Mark, are you, are you ready to walk into this crocodile's mouth? I'll be your crocodile if you'll be my Dundee. Yes. Okay. First track going up. Uh, we get a dark and building intro and in comes these jangly guitars with Ian's voice. It doesn't have that deep tone or the happy, sad vibe of cure or joy division. His tone really creates a great yin and yang effect with this tune. Uh, Mark, are you going up on this track? Yeah. You know, we get that, that kind of disorienting intro um out of like a like an old horror movie it feels like but it totally just came on his guitar right then that like the drum and bass build to that kind of like really just gorgeous jangly guitar part it's actually a pretty rocking number at its core then there's this outro that's basically like the last two minutes of the song but you don't feel like it, it you don't feel like like it's dragging out, right? Ian kind of switches lyrical motifs and like starts talking about the flowers in the hair or, or the lack thereof. Yeah. Uh, perhaps maybe a statement on how uh, the hippie ideals uh, have waned. Yeah. Right. Certainly in 1980, we're 10 years away from the 60s. Like, yeah. There's no reason to assume he wouldn't have been thinking about that. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good perspective. Um, 
track two, do it clean. Yes, uh, listen, the minute the drums, guitar, bass, and organ hit, I knew this song was going to be special. Uh, sure, this is new wave, but the song is able to capture the vibes of rock mixed with some hints of British 70s punk even. Uh, I thought the, I used to think the lyric, he was saying a handful of this. I always thought it was a handful of piss, <laughs> but it's not. Uh, however, um, what is Ian doing clean? Is, is this drugs perhaps? Uh, who, who knows? But Mark, are you doing it clean? Oh, yeah, buddy. I don't like that dirty, dirty. No, <laughs> uh, You know, I, I feel like drugs is maybe the obvious answer, but I, I couldn't say for sure. And I totally love that kind of ambiguity of this song. It feels obvious, right? But it isn't. And it keeps the song really approachable for not giving, uh, you know, for not giving us this blatant song about drugs. It kind of keeps it in that, well, maybe we're winking at it, but you know, uh, and uh, you don't mind me saying a little uh, proto yes. oblivions here too, Frank. Right? Definitely, you can tell that the oblivions were, uh, yeah, keeping it clean. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, track three, "Stars Are Stars." Uh, Pattinson's bass lines are really carrying the mm. song here. Lots of tightness mixed with blood cold guitars, and then we get these brighter chords, which is really a good mix. Uh, McCullough would say that he used to look up in the sky and felt like it was a big movie camera up there, alluding to his desire to be famous. Mark, I'm really digging this track. What about you? I am. Uh, it's so clean, and those harmonies are just absolutely haunting. Really cool track. Listening to this and looking at the cover, you really connect with the, yes. the feeling the band was trying to convey. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, track four is Pride. Interesting track with mentions of his mother, sister, dad, brother, friends, John, Barry, Peter, and Julie. Uh, again, it, it's dark and the band doesn't hide their instruments. So they're not like layering it with all this other stuff. Like they're letting the guitars be known. Uh, they're nice and audible for us to, to hear. Um, Mark, these tracks go fast, but but are you liking this one too? I do like this one. I, I thought it was uh, about tom waits oh until i read the lyrics right because just yeah, the way he's that makes off names, that makes i was like sense. did he say yeah. tom Waits?" yeah um but you know <laughs> can ears have dyslexia because mine do <laughs> anyways uh the pacings of the songs has really been great going up has that kind of long outro i mentioned but it's worked in uh establishing the mood of the record and felt like could have been a separate track if they wanted yes. but clearly they didn't want to they, they kind of wanted to really give this album a little bit of space here and there and it's really interesting because we get a couple of these shorter tracks and it really works off so i mean here we're at track four and i still feel like the album's moving right along you know and pride is such an interesting look at how he views pride based on what others want or need from him right. i think this is a really cool track yeah, totally. Uh, track five, Monk, is uh, another haunting tune, man. And again, it strikes this balance between like melody, despair, and the ability to get loud. I attempted to research the name uh, Kimon that they mm -hmm. keep saying, and it, it is a monkey, but it's a rapping monkey in oh. a kid's show in India. So I don't think there's a relation because that show is pretty recent. Um, Mark, what say you on this one? Uh, you know, so I actually looked up the word Bagsy. Oh, because that's uh, what threw me off before came on, right? Immediately, right. I was like, I don't understand what Bagsy is. So Bagsy <laughs> is the uh -huh. English equivalent of calling dibs or shotgun. 
here as we do in the states to say that oh i I, i'm calling the the rights for that Uh, i'll bagsy yours if you'll bagsy mine then there's uh the line boys are the same brains in their pockets he's talking about penises there right yeah i Uh, I still (laughs) don't uh know what or who came on might be but i think the song is about uh, the young ones uh, banging it out for the first <laughs> time and, and trying to make that connection, right? Of like, hey, let's 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 do this together. So it feels kind of weird saying this, but I dig this track. Oh, um, it's got that weird kind of 80s new wave dark vibe to it. And I, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, really yep. cool. Title track here, Crocodiles. Um, again, this title track picks up the tempo and really gives us a taste of the fastness that this band uh, has for their brand of like the this post punk and then and they deliver uh, the verses almost have like a rockabilly feel to it and we get this low note wistful transition before we get back to the verses really cool song and a good representation for the record uh, Mark you liking the sound of this crocodile rock I'm digging it for sure Frank uh, the sound reminds me a lot of the damned who were part of the first wave yeah. of punk and considered pioneers in that kind of goth rock and post-punk English movement. So I think this like smack of influence is right in line with when Echo and the Bunnymen were making this record and what was popular in the scene at the time. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, man, it's a really cool track. Track seven is Rescued. This is the second single from the record described as uh, an att- uh, attractive left field pop and reminiscent of early Cure. That was a quote, but this is interesting considering the first record for Cure was 78, uh, and their second record, 17 Seconds, came out in April of 80, and this record came out in 80. Anyway, Mark, do you need some rescuing in your life? No, I'm good. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that Cure comparison is mostly due to that kind of like acoustic guitar tone. Right. Um, that's what I always associate with the Cure, but again, I, I just don't care for their hits, so I, I don't really know enough to say that that really defines their sound, even though I'm pretty sure it does. Anyways, that said, uh, Rescue is a cool track. The lyrics are frantic and the chorus is super catchy. I I, I just really think it's a cool track. Speaking of cool tracks, uh, could be my favorite on the album. Track Mm -hmm. eight, Villiers Terrace. Um, Dark vibe, yet layered with complimenting piano. That almost sounds like for a second, like another song that came out in 1980, which is Spring Sings the River. River starts in E minor. This starts in E. So, I mean, there is some there is some notes that that they share. Um, and I think that's what made me think of it. Anyway, Villiers Terrace is a tale of urgency and the observation of a rapid decline with the backdrop being that of a junkie's place of residence. Uh, the buildup at the end of the piano, Mark, uh, here with the piano really gives us to more anxiety uh, and context too to the subject matter. I absolutely love it. Mark, what about you? Yeah, I love the way he says meta song. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It's so cool. Uh, I, I dig when he changes the line uh, from people rolling around on the carpet to people rolling around on my carpet, oh, nice. kind of making himself implicit in the debauchery yes. kind of yeah. at hand. Really haunting, really cool track. Yeah. Track nine, read it in books. Uh, again, the bass is carrying the song here, man. No chorus here or catchy hooks, just a driving bass, guitar chords and drums, followed by an almost uh, pre-chorus. Um, Mark, you read any good books lately? 
Frank, I'm actually nearly done reading Jurassic Park, as you know. Yes. Uh, but damn, this song has uh, some sex appeal, doesn't it? Uh, I've read it in, in books. Who wants love without the looks? Damn. Ooh. Ooh. He's not talking about physical looks. He's talking about those looks. Oh, yeah. Right? The ones we give each other that say uh, without words, like, hey, what's up? Yeah. want to get down. Really cool track, man. I, I really dig how sexy this one was. Uh, track 10, Pictures on My Wall. This is the first single released from the band, and it reached actually 24 on the UK indie chart. Uh, I actually think this is the spookiest sounding of the tunes thus far. I almost feel like a, I, I felt like I was in a movie soundtrack at times, and the climax of the plot uh, was just about to approach, and I felt like that's what the song was working towards. Um, Mark, you got some cool picks on your wall, right? Yeah, like one or two, but it's mostly mm-hmm. like art nobody else likes. <laughs> uh, I was really surprised that this was uh, a single, let alone the first single. Uh, I don't dislike this track, but there are so many other pop forward songs that would have seemed more of the obvious choice to me. Uh, that said, they're really going for that spooky organ sound and that uh, constant tone. Uh, constant tone like like a radar going off in the background just really adds to kind of like the spookiness of it i mean i i really dig it it's a yeah. it's a dig- cool track i dig it well all that jazz mark track 11 uh-huh. uh the arrangement of the song is pretty cool especially with the way it begins uh the where the hell have you been uh with just ian's voice and the bass is really crystal clear and it just hits all the right senses for me so um mark are you you into all that jazz no matter how hard i shake my fist i i just can't resist it frank it's just uh it's a cool track and uh to your point right les patterson um pattinson excuse me is really owning his place on bass here just steady as can be i really like the imagery here too someday when the sky turns black it appears because it's what I feel. Yeah. And there's a gap when he sings those. So they don't appear like they're they're one line, one consecutive line, but they're just separated by a musical bridge. So when you put them together, it really changes yeah. the darkness of what's going on and you know what all that jazz, right? Like just the chaos when people associate that term. Just so cool. Just yeah. so so cool. Track 12, here we are, Happy Death Men. Uh, This is the longest track, clocking in at close to five minutes, which is fitting for an album closer. Uh, Not an abundance of lyrics here, with Ian just saying the same few lines over and over. At the one minute and 30 second mark, we get some chaos with the keys playing abruptly, then a few low notes on the guitar, and then we get horns. Uh, I think this repetition is supposed to build up on all the feelings that the album is trying to convey from the overall darkness, anxiety, despair. I mean, we see it in the cover, too. Uh, it really feels like a panic attack coming on. Um, Mark, your, your thoughts on this album closer? Yeah, I, I kind of love when an album has all its themes feel like they're they're crashing down on you for the closing track, but it's it's still a really solid song at the same time. And you feel the whole album really kind of like come together. These guys clearly understood the drama yeah. of the record they were making and closing it out like this is, is really just pretty perfect. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that was, that was a quick album. It went fast, Mark, but uh, give us your final thoughts on this record. 
Absolutely. Frank, this one really surprised me. I wasn't sure what to expect out of Echo and the Bunnymen. Uh, I was thrown further off of my own <laughs> bullshit assumptions by the title. And, and as I listened to it over this week, I was surprised time and time again at its pop sensibility, its punk sensibility, its rich tones, and its wonderfully macabre makeup. Yeah. Do It Clean was the first track that really just grabbed me. But tracks like Pride, Monkeys, Rescue, Villers Terrace, Read It in Books are all really stunning uh, in their own right. Crocodiles is a cool track. But I think when it comes to tracks that really speak to what this album is about, I think Stars and Stars might have been what I picked, say, as like a title track. So good. But I'm in no way upset that they picked Crocodiles. Yeah. Uh, That's the only real, like, complaint I have about (laughs) this. It's not necessarily a genre I find myself going to, and I don't know how much outside of Echo, how much I'm going to explore the the genre, as it were. Uh, But I really dig it. Eight out of ten for me. Check out this record. Frank? Woohoo! All right. So, you know, McCullough is an interesting guy and in, in a few interviews I watched. I mean, first of all, you can barely understand because of his thick accent. Um, so <laughs> it just that makes it funny. Um, but his musical influences, some some of them were Lou Reed, Iggy Pop, The Doors, Leonard Cohen, David Bowie. Um, Mark, you'd be happy to know that Echo actually had a feud with you, too. Yes. yes. Before Oasis vs. Blur, we had this. Uh, McCullough stated that their music was for plumbers and bricklayers. <laughs> Also stated how he uh, they would have never been liked in Liverpool. And we all know uh, a fake when we see one. I'm assuming that was about Bono. Uh, Mark, does this just make you like them that much more? You know, I got to say, there's a chance that plumbers and bricklayers might like good music. But 100 percent, 100 percent. This makes me like them more. Absolutely. Uh, I really enjoyed this record. And I think one it may be one of the more underrated um, I think they just may be one of the more underrated bands. Uh, maybe it's the linking to their contemporaries, such as The Cure. Uh, they're kind of an outlier, though, because they weren't full-on happy sad. Uh, they showed the sadness and the despair, but they gave us 80s pop to kind of brighten up the day, and Ian's vocals helped with that for sure. Um, post-punk is interesting because when it's mixed with New Wave, it, it, it really kind of gives us 80s pop at the end of the day there's a formula yes but echo seems to uh, keep us entertained and not tire us out with this record like i wasn't getting tired at all uh the songs come and go quickly from the rock and do it clean to the sky view of the stars or stars to the fast-paced crocodiles and of course the anxiety ridden villers terrace the sound kind of has it all that that you would want if you're a fan of this particular music uh so you can let this lp play in your house and if it's nighttime, it could almost bring you to a trance in a good way. I really enjoyed this, Mark, and giving it a solid 8 out of 10. And uh, yeah. So what do you have for us next week, Mark? So this album really got me thinking about post-punk. And like I said, I'm so kind of like half familiar with the the stars of that genre that I, I didn't really want to have to get into it and like, do a cure album and then like have people like shit on us because we, we weren't there at the right time to cry. Right. So I thought, what does modern London post-punk sound like? Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this band high viz H I G H V I S high viz and their 2019 album 
no sense, no feeling. I found this two days ago. I've listened to it once. So we're getting into this guy together, folks at home. If you're listening to the podcast and you're going, well, I want to listen along. Now's the time to do it. Because when you hear me review it, I've listened to it for a week. We'd love to hear your comments. Uh, What did you think of the album? What'd you think of Echo and the Bunnymen? Leave it in our comments. Uh, We'd love to hear more from you. Nice. The 2019 album, No Sense, No Feeling, right? Yep. Awesome. Wowie zowie, Mark. I'm amped for it, as always. Thank you for listening out there, everyone. Be uh, Remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, and stay safe out there. Yeah, you're uh, our only listener, so so don't let anything <laughs> happen to you, please. Frank and I need you so much. Um, no, thank you so much, as always, for making it to the end. Uh, won't you say it with me now? Oh, my, my. Oh, hell yes. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs> you think they're still listening? I don't know. Of course they are. Wow.